You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 138 of Push the Point, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more, presented by Mash Those Buttons Podcast Network. Thanks for hanging. I'm your host, Ramses. Follow us on Twitter at PushPointPOD. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or follow us personally on Twitter, sorry, at Ramsey's underscore OW or Labosco. Um, but besides Labosco, speaking of him, this is the first episode in our two and a half, I think almost three, three years. No, this is season five. Dang. Four years of recording this show where Labosco will not be joining us tonight. He's out traveling. It was my turn last week and the week before. So we got to get him in the rotation. So I'm joined by my good buddy. You heard him. Uh, you love him. I know I love him very much. Um, my good buddy. Howler, you might remember from a couple of his appearances back here from the glory days of casual owl fans back in the day. Um, Howler, thanks for coming in. Thanks for pitching today. It's always great to talk with you. Thanks. Yeah, happy to be here. Glad I could finally pull off that coup d'etat. Labasco's Labasco's <laughs> reign has ended. Finally, a new dawn arrives. And now that he's not here, we can <laughs> finally talk. We can finally shit talk the Washington justice without any. <laughs> So all good. So alrighty. So we have we're gonna kind of shotgun a bunch of stuff this week because it's been a little bit of a weird week or so. Um going into the midseason madness. We've had a couple teams who are like finally starting to find their footing. Uh, as a Houston Outlaws fan, it has been one of not I would say not a frustrating week, but definitely like a a brain stressing week, mm. to be sure. Howler, as a Mayhem fan, I know you You and I are kind of in a similar boat with our teams. We're like, we know that, like, the ceiling is there. Yeah. But, man, the floor seems, like, basement low sometimes. Mm-hmm. It, oh, I man. mean, it's just uh, another day being a Houston and a Florida fan, right? It just th- doesn't matter how good the team is. It's it's still the same. It's the same team every year. The players change. The time goes on. But it it's still that the pain never goes away. Oh no! It's we seem to be made to suffer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's we're just the C three PO and R two D two walking through <laughs> the desert, just putting out their random soliloquy about how we're made to suffer, and it's our lot in life just because of who we are. Um, on a brighter note, uh, we'll go through a couple of these games from Week Ten um, on Friday. APAC getting off to a pretty straightforward start. Philadelphia Fusion three one over Guangzhou Charge. Shanghai Dragons over Chengdu Hunters. Um, Philly is still hilarious to me this year because it feels like it's just like the same problems Philly like has had before, but they just get more exacerbated every year. Yes. Where like this team is really good, mm-hmm. but the rubber banding of like like bottom performance, amazing performance, mm-hmm. bottom performance, amazing performance is just ridiculous each time I watch. And then between that, Shanghai seems to be doing a little bit better. Oh um, yeah, I've I've talked with Globo about this. It's really interesting that like. For a team that has been so solid with like their team play and with how they actually rely on each other, it's very interesting to see that like the la- like not having faith, and- not faith. I'm sorry, that's a different team. Not having fate and void in at the same time really has, I think, kind of pushed the. It, at least in my perspective, I think it's pushed a lot for them to have to really relook how they do things as far as like a shot calling perspective. 
how to oh, move yeah. around in teams. It and feels I think like you they're see not that as... in a lot of teams too, just with this switch to Overwatch 2, right? There was so much um there's so much that they relied on with what the off tank would do, particularly mm. as we've seen throughout this tournament touching the point. Um, yeah. <laughs> we mi- we missed it last week, but man, like the the hawk <laughs> or no, it was Nero, right? Wasn't it Nero who was supposed to like earth strike on the point and yes, got off yeah. and I was that half second's enough for Houston to win that game. That that was something. Yeah. Well, Hawk, oh, Hawk, um, Hawk rocket punched into the well and died. Oh gosh. So that was a thing. And then and then yeah, the uh, the the Nero duplicated Doomfist um, seismic slam or not whatever the ult is, um, meteor strike. And then yep, just just totally whiffing the point. But I I do think that's like something that a lot of these top, especially like the teams that were good last year. Um, I feel like you see that with Dallas as well, trying to adapt mm-hmm. in a world where you can't play fearless and Hanbin. It's fearless or Hanbin. Um, yeah. and, and it seems like a really tough adjustment for a lot of these teams that were more stable versus some of your teams, like the gladiators, the shock who basically came in with a new roster and they just, they kind of learned how to play together in this overwatch two lineup. So it's definitely been interesting to, to see that play out. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's interesting too, because you have a couple of these legacy players that like, we don't have a ton, like Shanghai is, is I think a little bit different because you have like, People, I think, like Fate, still getting in regular rotation. Mm-hmm. Leta, obviously, still getting in regular rotation. Who are you, the most legacy player of all? <laughs> um, but I think, like, I've been like, I've been more surprised with some of these teams. Like, we, I, I haven't gotten to talk with Lobo about this, but like, Smurf is kind of having like an amazing year so far. Totally MVP Even, level. This like this week may not be a good example of it necessarily, but like. He's somebody who in the past we've had concerns about like, is this guy like we've only seen him do really well on Arissa and Winston. Is this guy going to really fill out to play all right. main tanks, let alone even the off tanks? But he's been just like slowly and just getting better and better and better to where you said like this, like he is an anchor for that team now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and probably like the super, most surprising to me probably the best Zarya in the league. Like mm. who had that on their Overwatch 2022 bingo card smurf is the best zarya in the overwatch league like his performance has been one of the biggest surprises because i was pretty low on soul going into this season and most of that Mm -hmm. was because of smurf but he has exceeded and then some um looking at a couple of the na games from friday houston outlaws three two and a nail biter over new york um this was very frustrating to watch um just because Ugh, man. Like, okay, you go, you go. I just, how do you go from map five with the Atlanta rain to the very next game, map five with the New York Excelsior? Like, just, it, it's, it, it's, it's pure distilled Houston Outlaws. It's, 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 it's actually amazing how this team continues to just be so consistent. You, you have to appreciate it. Dude, if you had told me that we would have, if you had told me season two that we would have Drunk Buck as a coach, we'd have the previous season's MVP as our flex DPS and Dante and like a real and Lastro and Iris as our support line, mm-hmm. I would have been like, hell yeah, easy top five. Right? And the fact that like, oh my, what if, I'm just telling you how, what if when Flame did the dark ritual in order to get Linkser <laughs> in season one, 
you burned all of our all of our momentum happened that first stage and we are cursed to never play consistently ever i swear i know but like the one the one shining light though is you went to map five three times in a row and you won all of them we this is true this this is uncharted waters (laughs) in houston right now (laughs) dude it's like so there's a cup there's a couple good things right now going on with the team. Merit has looked really good for the most part on mm-hmm. Sojourn. Um, the double flex support meta is finally paying playing off with um or paying off excuse me with Iris and Lastro. Yes. Map five on Coliseo. Um, somehow New York does not realize that <laughs> Iris is hiding like all the way behind <laughs> them, and he just comes out and wins the game based off of just like a run out like dink anti nade. <laughs> like, oh man, that was. Between that, um, the ri- I, I have to ask, how I, mean, I haven't gotten mm-hmm. to ask you this whole season. Mm-hmm. Watching your boys, watching Yaki and Gangnam Jin in uh, the New York Excelsior prison, how do you North. feel? Yeah. Um, do- <laughs> <laughs> they, it's, 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 it's been painful to, to watch how bad New York has been. Like, you knew going into the season, New York was going to have a, rough time but i don't think anybody predicted this rough of a time um and yeah it's been hard to see yaki gangnam jin um just you know and and you know kuki having such weird seeming coaching decisions especially early on when like overwatch the the season first started um they had a lot of weird compositional choices that they were going with which seemed to be leading that like setting them up to failure outside whatever problems they were having with 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 teamwork and their team um it's i can't imagine being a new york fan well i can't imagine i've been a florida mayhem fan so i know what it's like to have a team that doesn't win um but i i feel like it's it's a rough year especially when you consider the quality of these pieces like i don't understand why myungbung's struggling so much kellen was supposed to be the top tank prospect coming into this year and he's totally flopped Flora was amazing last year and the year before that was he in the league in 2020 pretty no sure. last year was his rookie oh, year. last year was his rookie year okay um they 2021 and 2020 kind of blend together oh no I, <laughs> but um like all the talents there but it just doesn't seem like anything's clicking and they're look they've been looking better the past couple weeks but it's definitely it has been sad um because they are especially like i'm originally from new jersey so new york has a special place in my heart and then also this is kind of like the the the, i I call them florida mayhem north all the time that's that's Mm. that's what they are to me um so i i want to see those boys succeed i was heartbroken when they were let go but you know now i don't know seems like it was the it was the right move unfortunate it's unfortunate to see but I, I don't know what New York needs to do, but something needs to happen. What's kind of horribly hilarious to me is that we are 10 weeks into the season and New York still has not won a single push map. Oh my God, have they not? No, they haven't. It was a big point on the Avast stream from this weekend was that oh, like geez. they had never won a push map. And like you saw in Coliseo, they were like, it's finally going to happen. It's mm-hmm. finally going to happen. <laughs> um, oh, I have, I, I really am wondering do we see Dante play anything besides Doomfist for the rest of this year? I mean, I I say no, probably. I mean, they subbed them in for DPS once this stage, right? 
Like I he played a remember. single tracer map. I, I vaguely remember a Dante DPS for like one map. And I think it was serviceable. I don't think it was anything. But like the thing is, Merit and Pelican have been cracked out of their minds. So I feel like you don't even need Dante on DPS. And if I'm I'm pretty sure this weekend as well, Dante won every map he played. Did you see the bits where like Piggy went on? T- Piggy was out here like shit talking New York after their map, and I was like, "Dude, you lost every map you were in. What are you talking about?" Hey, that's just <laughs> Piggy, right? <laughs> oh man, oh Piggy. I would love a main tank on this team. I really would. Um, yes. It seems like look, as a Mayhem fan, you are of course host to the rise of someone as who seems to be like someone seems to be the My new template for like what we want tanks to be in overwatch league where yes. we want someone hyper flexible who's amazing at literally everything mm-hmm. like i do and he's like he's doing pretty well with it i don't necessarily know if we have anybody kaluge is kind of similar like i don't think yeah, of the same but now level. you've got mikey now right so like maybe reiner i smurf right smurf and reiner i think are probably the better comparisons yeah yeah, man. If you had told me like this time last year that like space would be barely getting any playtime over Reiner, that'd be really funny, right? Um, San Francisco Shock three one over Toronto Defiant. Uh, Atlanta Rain three over Paris. Do you have, what? Do you have any words for the other one? No, just you know, kind of good job Toronto picking up a map. Like, and they were dominant that map too. I got to sort of watch it. My internet was going in and out, but they were they like kicked butt. So like. Toronto, figure out how to play like that all the time. But expect, expected results. Friday was pretty straightforward outside Houston being Houston. Yeah. So why the Twilight Chorong support line deserves better. Yes. Um, for sure. Atlanta steamrolls Paris. Um, I really had higher expectations for Paris this year. I really thought they were not going to be the bottom bottom. Well, they aren't. I mean, New York is right now, I think. No, like, Paris is Paris winless. I think I thought Paris they had a win. I'm probably wrong then. I feel like um, Paris we, is winless. We can always check this. We yeah, have, I the, have the standings right here. Let me pull. Vancouver up. is still winless. Paris, no, Paris has did one win. win one map. They're but they're still behind New York. But yeah, yeah. rough. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is. <laughs> I mean, I, the quality wish... of teams has gone up, right? So, like, I do agree that, like, I don't think. Paris is a bad team. I don't think there are technically any bad teams in the way like we had the 0-40 Dragons or even just like last year Vancouver Titans or stuff. Like I think mm-hmm. there there's really no bad teams, but now all the other teams are getting so good that like, you know, you're you're seeing a new standard for bad. But I don't think these teams are of the low quality that we, we've seen or we've usually had at the bottom of the table and yeah. That. Yeah, there's nobody truly um nobody like truly scraping the ground. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Soul Dynasty three zero over the LA Valiant. Um. I talked about this with Lobo a couple weeks, last time we did the episode. Have you, are you caught up on the whole indenture? Not in, the whole financial situation yes. of that team yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh man, it's apparently that every- was just for like those thirty days now, and now everything is supposed to be like they're all okay. being paid by the org again, and it's not the players doing it. That was like a one time thing for the initial Mar- Marvel signing. I mean, who one, knows what to believe anymore? But that's what I I've, I saw people trying to 
accuse them of like now everybody on that team is on a rolling 30 day contract. Yes. It's one of those things that we're never like that we are not going to know until the league actually decides to get off their butt and either do something about it or mm-hmm. it's too or if like years from now when we get the um when we get the um it, it, the innovation tell all about how the it all really case. went down. <laughs> <laughs> um Hangzhou 3 0 over Chengdu. Um it is still a bummer to me how rocky Chengdu is. Yeah, considering I mean, just unfortunate situation all around that team coming into this year. As a Jinmu fan, let my boy ride the bench a little bit. It's okay. Oh, who's, there's nobody there. There's nobody. There's no. There's nobody I, there. I know. There's no one to call. They, you're just, they, if you're gonna put they, Jinmu on the bench, you're just gonna field four players. There's nobody they there. Had, they had somebody. How they had somebody. I know they had somebody, but there's nothing left oh, to do. They just. Oh. This is what Chungnu. This is the hand they've been dealt. I think they're doing admirably with what they what they have been. Like Jin Mu's been fine. He's exceeded my expectations, I'd I'd say, but just you know, it's unfortunate that they don't have a pre this year. Uh Shanghai Dragons three over Guangzhou Charge. Washington Justice three oh two God. Vancouver Titans. We're um, not gonna talk about that. Oh, dude. No, this game is hilarious. Like <laughs> there's dude. It, the it should not be this close it should not be this close i don't understand how washington granted i think vancouver is way better than an 0 and 12 team they have been playing really well no let me rephrase that they have been playing better than expectations i will say that yeah they've been playing better than expectations this stage however washington has too much washington has invested too much money to be giving this kind of result in my opinion like yes i mean yes for sure washington should not be struggling the way they have been struggling my dudes sure but real quick real quick can i read to you i I just just as a tangent as like how bad i feel for vancouver and um and and dpay because deep dpay just took over this team right and mm. I do think they have been looking way better. And I don't think the Washington Justice was... There was a lot going on in that map that was wonky. But I think a 3-2 expectation between these teams is not necessarily a, a, a knock on Justice. And I think if Vancouver Titans had a different stage, we, we would be having an entirely different conversation about this team. Because this stage, they played the Los Angeles Ga- Gladiators, the Atlanta Reign, the Dallas Fuel, the San Francisco Shock, the Washington Justice, and the Houston Outlaws. Outside the Justice, that's probably the top five teams in NA, right? Yeah, like, probably. It was a brutal stage for them. And I mm-hmm. think like coming out of stage three, if they're able to adapt to whatever the meta shift is, I, I really see a world where we're talking where where Vancouver Titans are going to be in the tournament. Like, I, I think this team might actually be way better than we think. And we're knocking on Justice because they went so close with, with Titans. And it was a map of tomfoolery and clownery. But I do think the Justice are actually maybe, you know, probably better than like New York and Paris and maybe even Boston. Like, I, I think this is a team on the rise. I mean, one could say that this is true. <laughs> I would just argue that at the point where and look, I understand that like 
Okay, Decay played all of the maps for this game. Great. Um, I'm just. I you have to check. This is what we you do, we, and you, you, should, you shouldn't have to check if Decay is subbed out. But for some reason, you have to check. <laughs> the um the Mag Doomfist, my poor dude. There's this video. There's a clip of there you can see where like he gets into um he gets baited into like he 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 goes for the punch against um. As against Aztec, and he misses the punch like way big, and turns around, and Aztec just sh- chunks him down from full health down to zero, just in the corner. Like, uh, Mag might be one of the biggest flops in Overwatch League history. But is that a thing that we can put on him? Though I feel like if we can put him with this, granted, I'm not people. Sure. Are- until he gets traded to another team, I'm not sure. Oh, but man. I would almost be willing to spare Supreme some some critique and put it onto Mag. That's how abysmal his performance has been since he, he got into the Overwatch League. He was oh. he was the promised one and he's a lot he's 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 very Kellen. He's very Kellen. He is not <laughs> he's not the tank prospect we thought he was going to be. Did- Okay, correct if I'm wrong. Is Skyripper still on this team? I thought he got let go a couple weeks ago. That's what I thought too, but I'm pretty sure I saw him play. I yeah, right. Le- I am like decent. Okay, I remember this too. I remember them getting rid of Skyripper, and I was like, "Well, that's unfortunate." Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, I'm dumb. I'm so dumb. Why am I control effing the Vancouver Titans? Of course, their name's going to come up on their own freaking Twitter page. Um. <laughs> no, like, no, like, okay. I'm glad I'm not the only person. I remember I this sword. <laughs> I could have yeah. sworn they got rid of Skyrim, but I was like, that's a bummer, but like, okay. Oh, man. Where? Oh, Psycho. We're mixing him up with Psycho. Oh, okay. So, someone else at the That's, I, okay, yeah, okay. We're definitely I mixing understand. him up with Psycho. Okay, I see. Well, all right. I don't know. Th- that doesn't change anything. Uh, my favorite bit was um, Uber co- reposting the Avast video. After this match, being like, I am a 30 year old man who got paid money to commentate over this match. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's there. Vancouver has a, had new life, which I'm happy to say. Yes. At this point, like, here's the thing. You cannot be supreme and still have had two and a half years of oh, just gotta, like. Yeah. Bro, if you are behind the meta every single stage. Yep. It does not matter at this and point. I mean, you should have the easiest, the easiest coaching decision in the world should be having Decay on your roster and just saying, okay, Decay, go play. And then do whatever you all want. you have to do is do a quick calculation in your head. You have two DPS players and you run the numbers and say, hmm, okay, which, which one of these heroes is the carry hero? And then once you get, once the calculation finishes, you go, okay, Decay, you're that hero. Congratulations. And that's all you got to do. That's it. You put Decay in a position to carry and you should at least go, like, you should go 50. You should go 500. You would think. (laughs) You would think. I, um, oh, where was it? There, if you've watched the Avast stream at all, they do this segment where they, like, you can submit keys to victory. Where like mm-hmm. each team, like if you watch like ESPN or anything oh, or like yeah. an NFL game, yep. it'll be like a here's like here is the New England Patriots like keys to victory. Here's what they have to do to win. So you yep. could submit them to the show, and one of them was um um higher 
hire pre underscore OWL to tell you about how actually this loss was the, actually the greatest loss in Overwatch League history. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude, like, oh, man. Custo went on a rant about it last week. We didn't get to yes. cover where he was just like, no, there's too much talent on this team to be playing like for it to be this messy every single time. Yeah. And there is a lot of talent on that team, but I also think their support line is actually not that good. And and really, they just kind of have decay. You can actually boil that team down and you start to realize that they just have decay and happy. And that's really it. And a DPS line does not make a team like Mag should be good, but Mag hasn't been good. And we need to accept that just Mag is bad. And their support line is like Krillin has been a breath of fresh air. I don't want to take that away from him, but we shouldn't have been going into the season and saying, yes. The guy that was on the 2020 London Spitfire that did awful and hardly played because the other, there was a flex support who was better than him. And the only competitive experience he had before that was like Soul Dynasties, Academy Teams, Academy Teams, Academy Teams, Academy Team. Like, I don't understand why that was your pick going in. He's been way better, but I don't understand why you weren't going for a bigger name in the first place if you're the Washington Justice. Like, did you use all of your money up on Decay? and happy like was there nothing left over and mag maybe but they're they're simply just a dps line with with nothing around them except krillin's been great i'll give it to you. but i don't know i i think i part of part of the blame ends up in in, in who picked this roster because people say there is a lot of talent on this team i would i would argue and say there is not enough talent on the washington justice and they are reaping what they have sown from a roster selection I get you. I get you. Um, Houston Outlaws 3-2 over the Boston Uprising. Um, Boston, like, looking a little bit more solid. We, like, we got to talk about um, Huck's departure yeah. from the team last last episode, which was very interesting. The impeachment. The, the president of gaming. You get to keep on your resume forever, though. President of gaming. I know. President I of your... Not without question. There wouldn't even be an interview. So it was funny because they were talking about how it looks like they're looking to sign more NA talent. Uh, I don't remember exactly who they had said was coming out of the team. team. Yeah. Like, Huck's always been. You go. I was going to say, how many Korean Korean players do they have left? It's um, Victoria, Valentine, and Faith. MCD. Oh, I I always forget MCD. Yeah, Victoria. I Val- try to forget MCD. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You <laughs> forgot Itzal as well. Oh yes. How how can I forget Itzal? Yeah, Faith, Valentine, MCD, Victoria, Itzal. Yeah, Seeker will be. Um, yes. Se- Seeker can't play on there yet. But it was interesting just looking at. Um, it's funny. I talk with Lobosco, and Lobosco is a striker fan first and foremost. Okay. So. It's very interesting to be like the amount of goodwill that was thrown that he was throwing like no they have striker this guy's like a greatest right? of all time they should be and like just didn't work and they had Marvel I was so I was so hot on Boston like I had them like top five NA I was mega hype on Boston because of striker and Marvel and then yeah. There was a great tweet from when they were talking about how, like, we have more changes coming to the roster soon. And it was Dante responding to the Crimson, look out, be careful. <laughs> like, oh, dude. Crimson's been playing been pretty well, actually. Twitter, and I love it. <laughs> I, lo- I love that, dude. Crimson's been playing pretty well this season. Crimson I'm, always plays well. Crimson's a great player. I wanted to keep him last year, but I'm happy that he at least has, he's doing, 
him and Punk and yes. Valentine seem to be doing pretty well on this team. Yeah, not well, not well enough to beat Houston, but but like still, like they seem to be doing all right. Yeah, Boston are the gatekeepers from being a bad team. If you mm. if you want to try to prove you're good, you have to beat Boston. But Boston will lose to any team that's that's decent. But if you're New York, Paris, or Vancouver, but Boston Boston's here to throw you back down where you belong. That's that's Boston's role this year. Rounding out the Saturday games, LA Gladiators 3-0 over Florida Mayhem. How you feel? I have questions. I don't know if you want me to go on a Florida Mayhem rant. I go can, I, go I, for I can, it. I can That's why that you are later. here, Howe. Okay. This is why you are here. Because <laughs> the Florida Mayhem, I don't understand what's going on with this team. And it's it's a running theme in this organization since since 2020. But we've we've since moved past the kooky runaway era of Mayhem. But somehow we still have the same formula where we are the boys of May. We we come into the season, we kick butt, everything seems to be clicking, and then the coaches get together and say, how can we screw this up? Like, <laughs> I, I don't really understand what's going on with most of the roster decisions that are happening. Like, our support line is just on this wacky rotation of where we're just going to run double flex support all the time, and then no, double flex support isn't a good idea. We should run... Ma, uh, we should run Animo and Majed, and then we go. Oh wait, no, but we kind of want flexibility be- to go between double flex support and um a main support, and like like the gladiators do with skewed. So we're just gonna make Majed a Lucio player now. And wait, oh wait, that was kind of dumb. Maybe let's not do that. But what if <laughs> we just sub out Majed all the time and we play RuPaul and Animo, and it's just there's like no consistency with these teams, and then. We have we bring in Exy and we start playing him on Sojourn and I don't think Exy's bad just like he is a average to above average Sojourn where Hydra was looking like one of the best Sojourns in the entire league like exceptional and then we just started we just stopped playing him for no reason and then even like after Exy's first match he was like I've never scrimmed as Sojourn before what what I and I don't understand why we thought that was the change that we needed to do. This team, there's so many weird roster decisions going on. And then somehow, like, all all McGravy does is post on Twitter and say, apparently the only job for a coach in the Overwatch League is to decide who stands on point. But apparently they haven't coached that at all because nobody stands on point for the Florida Mayhem <laughs> ever. And you will, will win a fight, but somebody is on the payload pushing it. So it doesn't matter. It's like they just won that fight because they get the same distance whether they win or lose. It doesn't matter because we don't know how to play an objective. We're just playing deathmatch diving people as five players for getting an objective exists like what is going on with the coaching in this team we have so much talent we need to be better than what we are we've seen it last stage we can be really excellent but we keep losing because we don't have any consistency and we just we just don't know how to play the game at a fundamental level i'm done (laughs) i understand i feel the rage i get it it's I will say watching Majed, the term the term I have I've heard used on various streams is a uh, uh, ape brain <laughs> play, where that like my man will just and you'll watch it. My dude is like playing yes. on a like front line. Yeah. Like <laughs> there was one time where we're we're holding like C of um uh, of Circuit Royale 
right? So we have that whole big room at the end and they're just trying to push it through that last choke into the, into the last point. And we're all holding, we're all holding in that big dome that gives a lot of defensive advantages. And right as the fight kicks off, suddenly in the back, you see Majed Zenyatta somehow got all the way into the enemy back line. Nobody else is with him. It's just Majed in the enemy back line, alone, on Zen. And what happens? He whiffs a volley and gets dived immediately and dies. <laughs> and I just, how did that even happen? How does, how do we allow this to continue? Like, Gumba's supposed to be an amazing coach, and I believe that he is. But how are we in, in week, what is this, week nine? Week, week eight? Week ten. Uh, week ten! We're in week ten of the Overwatch League, and we haven't taught Majed, you can't go into the back and flank a Zenyatta. We just, he just, well, I don't understand. And and then he tends to pop. He all like. There's a rule. There's a post-it note on his monitor that says, "Majed, you are not allowed to pop ult unless two players are dead." Because that's the only time he does it. He's like the reverse Izayaki then. Yeah. Instead of just or, popping it three or seconds early. If two on the two players on the enemy team are dead, then you can ult. But if I there see. are five, if there are ten players alive in the server, you cannot ult under any circumstance. It I. He's been playing better the past couple of weeks. Like, I have had less Majed frustration the past couple of weeks than I have had in the past. Granted, they didn't play him this weekend, so that'll help. But, I don't know, man. It's This was a rough stage, and I have zero expectations for them in the tournament. Um, right. I'm hoping to be surprised, but uh, to me, it's already GG Go Summer Showdown. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, I, I have conditioned myself to be like, oh, we won? Awesome. Cool. <laughs> No, like, do I think we're going to win? I don't know, dude. I don't care. Like, if it happens, it happens. Yep. Philly Fusion 3-1 over Soul Dynasty. Hangzhou 3 Banger of a match, by the way. If there is one match from this weekend, you can go. You should go back and watch Soul, Soul Philly and just watch watch MN3 pop. Dude is the hair. Dude is the heir apparent to the Carpe Hitscan at this point. Dude is nuts. Dude, oh my gosh, that was a banger. There was a thing from a. I feel like I remember hearing it a couple like a while ago that there was um a tweet or a quote on Weibo from Dia, Dia talking about how yes yeah about how like all of us are scared of MN3 that dude's yes, ridiculous. That he's the best. He's the best widow in APAC, and like anytime he's on the server, you're just. You don't even bother trying to match him because you know you're going to lose. All right. And then we got Hangzhou uh, 3-1 over LA Valiant. Dallas Fuel 3-1 over the London Spitfire. And Boston Uprising 3-1 over the NYXL. Like we're saying, pretty straightforward for most of the weekend, especially Friday. But um, a, a couple turnover. Well, turnover is not the correct word. A couple of uh, flip-flops here and there. Um, yeah, some upsets. Like I, I think Philly over Seoul was definitely an upset, and it's exciting for that team and exciting for the tournament in general to, to see Fusion hit those highs. We'll see, as you said uh, earlier in the show, they're so hit or miss. We'll see. We'll see if they could keep that form, but that should hopefully be good confidence into them. And if they could bring that form, that would be a very exciting tournament. Um, by the way, how I have a question I need you to direct to Mr. Albert Ye personally. Okay. Um, wh- why right. can't I, why why can't I buy a Florida Mayhem jersey on the shop? 
You, you, you should be able... I just checked the other day. There's there's no Florida Mayhem jerseys. You can't there's buy not. personalized ones, but I'm pretty sure... No, uh, is it like a per, is it a different web shop or is it the Overwatch League shop? Um. Oh, yes. So they have a totally... I don't understand either why in the Overwatch League shop they don't sell any Mayhem jerseys. It's been like that from the get, but you can buy it from the Mayhem store. They even have the long sleeve version. You can't buy the away jersey, but you can buy short sleeve or long sleeve of the pink. Okay, I wasn't sure. Pro if tip were... to all you Mayhem fans who want to be wearing pink. And like the jersey was on sale last I looked at it, like mad cheap, like 20 or 30 bucks for the pink jersey. Wait, I'm not sure what okay. sizes they have left, but like highly recommend jumping on that. <laughs> I've been waiting for a while to get one. So as, as I make my collection, okay, Mayhem to Overwatch. No. Florida Mayhem Pro Kit is on sale for $17.49. They have Ooh. small, medium, and large in stock. Oh, dang. Too small for me. When I look up Flor- when I look up Florida Mayhem, I get a couple of different um, people also asks. One of them is, has Florida Mayhem ever won? <laughs> is Flats part of Florida Mayhem? Who owns Atlanta Rain? Who is Hydron Overwatch? Who? Where where is Hydron Overwatch is the better question. <laughs> Sign up. Wait, 10. Okay. Oh, you can get the long sleeve jersey, though. Every size is in stock. It's 100 bucks. But, you know, if you want one, they're there. Florida Mayhem Pro Kit Collection. Al- Albert, I'm expect I'm expecting my uh, my check in the mail for this for this free <laughs> advertisement of your store and, and and how to purchase Florida Mayhem jerseys. Yo, the Florida Mayhem <laughs> compression sleeve, ten dollars. You want yeah, to like Saya player? Get that compression sleeve, man. My poor dude. <laughs> okay, this is someone. I was like, wait a minute. I was trying to figure out who is the who they have modeling this. I was like, is that? A- Unfortunately, I'm not conditioned to like, is that Chris? <laughs> oh, is it sad dude. that I miss Chris? Uh, I understand. As someone who misses Link, sir. Although, Merit's in playing very, very well. Uh, I can't actually make that complaint. Um, so let's look ahead to Midseason Madness real quick. Um, round one starts July 18th. So not this coming week. So not this weekend, actually. This coming week. Yes. Um, starting on Monday. Gives everybody a week to travel. Well, we should have some clarification. Um, So initially, this was going to be a situation where, like, both sets of teams were going to come out to Hawaii. Um, That is no longer the case. Or somewhere even else. Yeah. It was going to be be a land hosted in an unnamed city where every team was going to attend on land. An unnamed city that probably rhymes with Schmash Mangelis, but (laughs) because it's the closest one. Or New York. Or New York. Considering um, they mostly followed the same home stands that the Call of Duty League did. So there is um there's a tweet that came out actually from Alex Rubens, who works for The Guard, which is um it's a subdivision of Crunky Esports, but pretty much he works with all the different LA um Crunky Esports teams like the LA Gorillas, LA Gladiators, and the Guard. Um apparently West teams must trap so putting up some scrutiny against kind of what the um, current approach is. Uh, mm-hmm. The Western teams have to travel to Hawaii at their own cost on just days, weeks or j- days or weeks notice during the height of summer travel. For most teams, this, m- this means they must place tied for, uh, for in from first to third overall to not lose money attending and are not allowed to practice during the actual travel days. Once in Hawaii, they're staying in the biggest tourist destination in Hawaii for a COVID event. 
You think that mean players are practice more, right? Instead, the league is regulating limited practice slots well below what normally expected is expected for international event practice. In response to complaints about limited practice time slash space, the league instituted a gameplay allotment for the first time ever. If you go past this limited allotment, including any outside non-VOD preparation, you are subject to unspecified disciplinary action. Um, pretty much saying that like you have a specific a specific amount of time allotted for scrimming. And if you don't use that, like you cannot scrim outside of that. You can VOD review, but anything as far as like actually getting hands on the game, you only have a very small window that you actually get to use. Um, at every... Meanwhile, the Eastern teams are able to practice and compete from their own facilities. Uh, the league's response is that the teams in the East have to wake up early to play, so it's, quote, roughly equal. Uh, missing scrim blocks, flying across the ocean, no practice on travel days no matter when you land, limited practice blocks during the event, threats of punishment for preparing too much versus waking up early. To be clear, it's not the East team's fault either. It's ABEs for forcing a flawed plan. It's also not the league staff. They're great and are just breaking with what they're given. It's leadership purposely making these decisions. Um, so, and of course, there's like people trying to make the connection of like, well, if Riot can do everything, where it's like, uh, like that approach hasn't worked out flawlessly as well. Like, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, it worked over here, but like, so it's, it's back and forth. The thing that I've always like felt with the league with these plants is like, the intention is good, but the execution always is pretty messy yes. for a lot of these things. Uh, Sean Miller, the commissioner for the league, well, head of Overwatch League, put out a tweet saying, I'd like to clarify that in Hawaii, teams have a practice area and equipment, official match space, and in the event of a positive COVID case, backup play options. Safe international competition remains a priority for us. We're excited for the biggest tournament in OWL history. Um, I, like, okay. Like I said, it's messy. It should, like, the spirit is nice, but it's just not. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, the biggest problem, and this has been since the homestand era of Overwatch League, is they want to have these big tournaments, but they never seem willing to invest in the infrastructure to have every team have a a practice space, right? Um, and I think that's that's always been the big issue, and this was, continues to be the issue if they try to do these international lands. Because, uh, like, it, there is a bit of the competitive advantage that the um, Chinese team, um, or the teams in China, or the teams in Asia, I guess, because Seoul counts for this too, um, mm -hmm. but that, that the Asian teams have, that they don't have to travel and they get the practice out of their facilities. But teams need to be given a setup that where they can practice regularly and, and, not, and, and not have their practice and their competitive integrity um, impacted by factors outside their control, something that should be being handled by the league for them. Because um, I, I think that's where the riot comparisons are fair. Because when they're, mm -hmm. and, and most comparisons to most other leagues, because most other major, major leagues, you almost never hear this conversation of where teams just don't have enough setups. Like if you are hosting a LAN, you have you figure out how to get enough setups like overwatch league is supposed to be a very um like you know teams invested a lot of money to be in this league right it is not something that's supposed to be particularly cheap and somehow they seem to not be able to get they they have less of an ability to set up um 
setups, like to get enough setups for their organ for all the teams at their land. Where, like, if you look at something like Super Smash Brothers or like like fighting game tournaments, right? They're able to make to get enough setups in a convention hall for like thousands of of, of entries to compete in tournaments. And I don't understand. I know how much money um those those conventions and and those tournaments are working with and it is not what activision blizzard should be working with in the overwatch league and i don't understand how they can't get enough for for eight teams to compete in hawaii um it it, that just doesn't make sense to me and that's that is definitely a big failing on the league but the 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 aspect of oh they're Riot was able to get Chinese teams to compete. Like, no, they had all the same problems that teams in China just because of the um, like of COVID in that situation, the political environment, and how they're they're, they're handling the pandemic and choosing to handle the pandemic. There, teams in China just simply cannot travel out of China to these lands, and you yeah. need to be having these setups where China is able to compete from from home. Um, or from from their facilities in China against teams at low ping, like that is the reality of international esports. If if Chinese teams are competing in them right now, and you can't hold the league against that, are there some competitive advantages that they're having versus the the leagues that have to tr- the teams that have to travel? Absolutely, but that is not the fault of Activision Blizzard. That is just an unfortunate reality um, of of how the world is and how ha- and how the situation is in China at this time but the league does need to be doing better so that the teams that are traveling at land can get ample practice time and there Mm -hmm. shouldn't be any kind of disadvantages in that aspect it should just be the travel and being in a new scenario so yes there's a lot of reason for complaints but some of the complaints go a little bit too far i think yeah well and like even then it's not fair to be like, well, Riot had no issues. Like they, there, like you said, there were issues with COVID. They had a Either- lot. And then, do you remember they had that match during um, MSI where they like had to completely redo it because like the ping got like totally screwed up, and there was like yeah. an hour long pause. Like there have been problems. And then even for teams like where there aren't teams traveling from China, like um, Valorant Masters, you have the whole situation with Russia, right? And you have these teams qualifying and they literally can't bring their teams to the land because they Mm. have Russian players who can't leave Russia. So it's it's a tough time in the world to be having to be holding international tournaments. So some some level of understanding needs to be given to Blizzard, but I understand they have a really bad track record. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crit- critic- criticism is fair, and I know the place that it's coming from. <laughs> Looking at this first round of the tournament, um, on the 18th we have Atlanta versus London, Toronto versus Shanghai, Philadelphia versus Hangzhou, and Florida Mayhem versus Houston. Boy, one of oh us will be boy. really bummed out. Oh could, boy, I know who's. who's I mean, it's amazing. Some somebody's not gonna have their heart broken. It, it feels uh, somehow they're gonna figure out a way to break both of our hearts, no matter who wins or loses, right? Uh, what's that gonna is happen just, is whichever uh, one of us has a good a good Monday will have a really bad Tuesday. I think is how it's gonna work. And I mean, if the if the um, bracket is anything to be believed, I don't know if there's reseeding or not, but it shows us going directly to play Soul, so we're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> I don't think there's any world where we don't have a bad time against the Soul Dynasty, but um, but yeah, that is that is a match, and we will 
it'll be an experience. I am very sure. Um, looking into that, like Atlanta versus London, it's kind of hilarious because like last stage, this would have felt like an e- a pretty easy London pick. Yeah, but or sorry, a pretty easy Atlanta pick. But like London is putting up a heck. I really think London can win that one. I think Atlanta are looking a little shaky. Mm. Um, granted, they tend to show up during playoffs more than the regular season, so you can't count Atlanta out. But I don't know that that seems like a bit of a trap match. Like I feel like all the predictions are going to be Atlanta, but that really feels like the the London's upset of the tournament. I don't think London's going to go too far, but I think that's 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 going to be their mark. Is they're gonna knock Atlanta to the losers bracket and then they'll probably just die from it. Toronto versus Shanghai. I mean, this is pretty straightforward. You would think Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, you would think. Um, it is interesting though, in that of all the first round or the first day, that is the only game that's interregion. Everything else ended up sorting yeah. out that it was NA versus NA or APAC versus APAC. So that's gonna be our first little bit of a taste of how how APAC and NA match up, especially considering I think most people would agree Toronto's probably the weakest team in this tournament. Arguments to be made maybe for like Florida. Um mm. maybe even a team like Conjo. I think that's a stretch. But probably one of the weakest NA teams, right, is Toronto and Shanghai is supposed to be one of the stronger ones. So it'll be a good early litmus test to see is NA really far ahead or okay, should we expect that the um the top APAC teams are as or are at least better than the bottom of 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 NA, right? So yeah. it'll be it'll be a, a first little a little pulse check to, to see where APAC's at. I, I'd expect I'd expect Shanghai to win it pretty easily, but I do think there's a little bit of a little bit of upset potential, a little bit of a little bit of silliness. I, I'm getting like <laughs> I, I'm getting meme vibes from this game. I'm sensing I'm sensing memes. I'm sensing frustrations. At least one good C nine. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of funk to that game. Do you think that the Muse Doomfist will go will return to its? Oh yeah, its previous and, and it, glory? Might, it might terrorize state and the Shanghai Dragons. They might not know what to do about against the Muse fish. Muse is another guy who was like, yeah, I've barely played Doomfist before and just went on server and yep. just like cleared kids for a couple of games. <laughs> and then not as great this week, but like for that first week of it. Awesome. Crazy, um, yeah. Do we think like the best Doomfist, I think, <laughs> in the league at a point, a, which is wild. What a world. Now, between Philly and Hangzhou, who gets nerfed by the playoff nerf harder? This is, this is always so hard. I, I, I think... I think this has to be a um it's so hard, yeah. Because both of these teams always fall short, right? But I, I would think usually Hangzhou just always just falls right away. Like Hangzhou just doesn't win a playoff match ever. Where Philly, they like to get your hopes up and then shatter them. Where where Hangzhou just has a really good regular, like a regular season, and then they just they just don't even win a match. They 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 get your hopes up earlier. Where Philly try to like look really bad during the regular season, and suddenly look good, and then look good into the playoffs and make a deep run, and then fall out. So I think this has based off Mojo purely. Um, this should be Philadelphia Fusion, but I have this pinned as probably what could be the like the highest quality match of the, of the first four. Mm-hmm. 
it should be a good one if it plays up to expectations. Um, Florida Mayhem versus Houston Outlaws. I, we talked. We, we talked we, about it. We, we talked about it. This should be. If Hydron is in, I could see this do, going really well for you guys. Um, I don't know, man. It's Houston. This will be a three-two because it always is. Yep. And um, I don't know, man. I could see someone just chatting us out, but also if, if Majed. Oh man. I love Majed. He's super fun to watch. But I think this for- is either a 3-2 or a 3-0. It's either down to the wire or it's just going to be an utter stomp by Houston. Um, the 3-2 could go either way, but I don't see a world where Florida stomps Houston. Mm-hmm. So whoever... But- wi- you go. I was just going to say, I think I think the the fair expectation is Houston wins this match. I think that's like if you're trying to if you're trying to win whatever you win for predicting the tournament right. Like I would, I would recommend go ahead and and put your money on Houston, but it, it this should be it, it's it'll be whose match to lose, not whose match to win. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think that's accurate. <laughs> um, so let's look at then the next round. I don't remember, like you said, I think they do are doing reseeding. Yeah, I feel like I remember on one of the. Like I think I heard Necra mention like the top seeds get to pick who they play, so I I think there there'll be like a little bit of a selection show at, mm. at the end of the night. I'm I'm not totally sure on how this format works. San Francisco, Dallas, Gladiators, and Seoul are all waiting in the second round. Um, I know there's a lot of teams in here. If you had to make a pie in the sky prediction here about who do you think, who not even who wins, just who do you think the final two are. Who do I think the final two are? I think Gladiators make it again. Um, I, I honestly, I could. It's so hard, especially when you haven't seen the APAC teams play at all. And I know it's foolish to write them off, but I almost just feel like it's going to be Gladiators um, shock again. I mean, I could see it. I don't necessarily know if either of the Asian teams are going to be like. Seoul, I could see doing it. Shanghai, I just don't know if they're up to the like if they're up there quite yet. But I think I think in this meta, skewed is a cheat code that no other team has. Mm-hmm. And and so I feel pretty confident on Gladiators at least making it to the final. I think that team is just too good right now. Um, and then the second spot, Seoul, San Francisco. Even Philadelphia Fusion, if they played like they did this last weekend, could probably make it to the final as well. Um, but I don't really see any other team probably competing for that top slot. I think every other team is going to hit a wall uh, at at some point. Yeah. Seoul versus Glads would be a super fun final. Um, I could see Shock making it up to there too. Yeah. I don't. I just, just don't. How often do you actually get a region versus region final in a tournament like this, right? I feel yeah. like it's probably going to be two teams of the same region, and I just feel so confident in the Glads making it that I'd want to. I'd, I'd probably want to put my money on on San Francisco being the other team. Yeah, it would make sense. It'll just depend on what their bracket run is like. Mm-hmm. If you're able to pick off Philly or Hangzhou or Florida or Houston. They should have the easiest run because they get the they get to pick their opponent, right? Yeah. Because so, I think they're the top seed if they are picking their opponent. So they they're set up. They're they're set up to have the the easiest run possible to the finals. Um, 
but who knows? It always feels like every year in a playoff situation, there's going to be one team, like Atlanta Reign last stage, right? There's always that one team that's suddenly just going to show up and ruin the whole bracket. I mean, there always is one. Maybe it's the Toronto Defiant this year. (laughs) I'm, dude. Now's the time. Can you imagine they give lease? They give free from the 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 training weights of KDG. They're able to go in and just make a monster run. <laughs> oh man! Um, last thing to cover before we wrap up for today. Um, there was an official announcement, as like we've all known, but in case in case you haven't known, um, Zoe has been pregnant for the pretty not the majority for the entire time for the season. Uh, and it's finally time for her to go on maternity leave, uh, go have her baby, and she'll be off, I think, until what they said. She said she'll be back for like the last bit of the season and into playoffs, which like is super short, really, when you think about it. Like that's a super super tight maternity leave window. Um, it's about yeah, it's a, it's about three months, right? Kind of what you'd expect. When does the league the league goes into like November this year, right? So, um, yeah, I think I feel like that's like three, three and a half months. It seems I usually expect maternity leaves to be about three months after after giving birth. So should check out. Let's see. What is week 22 supposed to be? September. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Because 24th. Yeah, they are going late. I mean, granted, I will take a late season. I will take it. Considering last year we were done by like September and I was like, cool. Finals are November 5th. Grand finals. Gotcha. So she'll be back like in October, it sounds like. Yeah, probably end of October. That seems I think that checks out. Yeah, it'll be a bummer. It's like the first time. Well, no, because she was gone last year for a little bit and Frankie came and subbed in as Desk. Yeah, so she was going through the visa stuff. Yes. Um, like like streaming from like some guy's house that she met at, at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it's it's an interesting situation, but I mean. When you look at it, like it's kind of ridiculous because she's been part of the league or been hosting for so so long. So just her yeah. being gone for any significant amount of time, and of course everybody got really scared when they put up the like the "Thank you, Zoe" like video, and everyone's like, "Oh, she's never coming back. She's gone." <laughs> it's like, "Oh no!" Like give it a like, give it a couple months. She'll be mm-hmm. back. Um, it doesn't sound like they're. G- I mean, off of this first weekend. It doesn't seem like they're going to have anybody come in as like a replacement desk host. Yeah, I was wondering if we were going to try to get someone like maybe even like a Pucket or a Golden Boy or I would, someone out uh, there with like hosting experience like um, like a Katie Bedford from Call of Duty. Um, I or, would um, I would love Zeltzer. please give me Pucket. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I miss that dude. So, I, like, I feel like there are options out there, but it doesn't seem like they're going in that direction, though. I'm not sure if you saw, Reinforced tweeted that there would be a surprise guest during during um, the Midseason Madness tournament. There's, It's not just going to be... Um, Is it Tazon Day? Is it Tazon <laughs> Day? Fun. I'm expecting... Like, I feel like they're hyping it up and it's just going to be Emily again. Like, I do love Emily, don't get me wrong, but, like, I feel like we don't need to, like be all cryptic about like emily coming in to translate the chinese teams like crumbs comes back to be an expectation at this point but it would be cool if we got like a pucket or a golden boy just for like that week maybe just for like the tournament weeks that would be cool crumbs comes back from the dead please no to make a really bad take and then get laughed into oblivion Um, 
Please no. Honestly, oh, God. you know what? There's a there's a list of people who I think I would love. Like GB is my boy. I love that guy. I would I love, love to see him boy, back. Yeah. Um, Pucky would be great. Honestly, for as much as I have complained before. Can you imagine how like it, they're not going to do this because he publicly criticized the company a bunch of times. Can you imagine the pop if uh, no pop is it's a stream. It doesn't matter if we got Monty back on for one cast. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be something. I don't I don't see it happening. You could have and, Wolf um, as your as your Asia correspondent, too. I mean, like, yeah, maybe. I don't it know. Probably, it probably will be Emily or I think maybe maybe GB, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, someone like that. Or maybe even, like, like I wouldn't mind, like, um, I always forget her first name, but, like, do you remember, like, way early Overwatch, like, Seltzer hosted a lot of yeah. the, um, the the early tournaments? I would love to see, like, her return, um, do something like that. Or even someone like, someone like Vicky Kitty, um, because she has a lot of Smash experience, and, mm-hmm. like, hosting a Smash tournament works, a, like, you almost have to kind of, like, work at, like, a desk. Um, a lot of the time, like there's a lot of filling in between matches and that that kind of interacts a lot more like a desk than like a traditional cast would. So I, I wouldn't even mind like seeing someone like her kind of coming in as a host. I think she could do good at that. But um, yeah, I'm not going to get my hopes too high that they're going to bring in someone that's going to get me like really excited. Um, like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine like Brenner Sideshow actually coming back just for like, would, the midseason oh. madness like that? That would be so fun. <laughs> I miss those two actually like in the game. Although it's very Wait. clear that like it's very clear that Bren like when you listen to Platchet episodes, it's just Bren like the day before shotgunning like a month's worth of Overwatch. <laughs> and do, like Sideshow still regularly keeps up, but yes. it's just Bren yep. sitting there shotgunning everything and be like, <laughs> all right, I watched all of APAC or I didn't watch any of APAC. I only watched Janae. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. It'll be fun, but we are going to miss Silly for this for a good chunk for of the sure. season. She is one of those things. It could be Malik, actually. Malik would be fun, too. Oh, Malik um, would be super fun. Yeah. Again, these are people what the league does not deserve. Any of these people. But for sure. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. Um, we will keep you updated with midseason madness stuff. We'll be covering it probably uh, the Bosco night when it wraps up at the end of the tournament. But that's the end of episode. 138 of push the point thanks for hanging out uh quick run through everything on here you can find us well before i get there best thing to do is leave us a review on itunes or spotify makes it easier for us to know what you guys are enjoying what we can make better and it just makes it easier for people to find us uh if you want to support the podcast network we always invite you to join the discord for mash those buttons at discord.me slash mash those buttons um, as well as looking into our network patreon patreon.com slash mash those buttons uh if you want to get in contact with the show we're at we are at push point pod email push the point at gmail.com uh, and we stream not very often just because of how schedules have been working out but when we do it's on the mash those buttons twitch at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons you can find Labosco who's not here at Labosco. Uh, you can find me at ramsey's underscore ow and howler where can where can the good people find you for your socials? You, you can uh, find me screaming into the void about um, various mayhem um, game time decisions at, at Howler, H-O-W-L-E-I-R, Howler on Twitter. 
Um, I also, I, I just kind of scream about sports a lot. So if you just want to see someone who's who always has a comment, especially about the mayhem, but of some other sports here and there, I'm, I'm your guy. I was going to say, the, two, the person I know for if I ever need to know what's going on in uh, women's soccer, you're my dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, the people can't see, but I'm in a women's soccer jersey right now. I am a big Woso fan. Been following it for like over a decade, I think. This is like the, my real first sport. I've been following this since like I was, I was a wee lad. So, <laughs> yeah, Woso fans definitely hit me up. Howler on Twitter, baby. Which is fun because... I, and we've talked about this before. Your name on like every other game that we play is a comp is a your social media name is a combination of yes. two different names used for two different games. So yep. whatever I'm going through, I'm like, no, like I know Howler and I are friends are are friends in Overwatch. <laughs> What's his name on here? I'm like, oh, it's this. And then for <laughs> other games, I'm like, I know I have Howler like as a connection on here. Where oh, it's this. I, yep, think I combined them for my podcasting because I figured I'd be screaming a lot, and I like this sign. This the sound of Howler, right? And it's good. <laughs> But um, maybe it wasn't the best marketing decision because nobody knows how to spell my name or even mostly how to pronounce it most of the time. But, you know, I'm I, I'm not I'm not paid to be a marketer. So, you know, you take what you get. Yes, we do. Thanks for hanging out. But I always enjoy yeah, getting to talk to you. It's always here. great to catch up. I appreciate you. We will see you guys uh, in two weeks for I think for what? The 26th? No, 24th for episode 139 of Push the Point. Thanks for hanging. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you then. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.